Welcome to Random Trek Review, the podcast where we analyze, discuss, and review randomly selected Star Trek episodes. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host on this installment of RTR, and the co-host, as always, is my good friend Andrew. And Andrew, I uh, hear you've been acting a bit strangely lately. Have you uh, been spending any time with any uh, dying cybernetics experts? Well, I have, Matt, and I can safely say that to know him was to love them, and to love them is to know them. <laughs> Otherwise, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. It's uh, The weather's kind of finally turned, and uh, it's nice and sunny. We're sitting here, just right by a nice open window as the sun kind of streams in, and to talk about some Star Trek, you can't really beat it. It's true. It's, it's been uh, it's a welcome change from the, the terrible weather we've been having uh, lately. So in this uh, episode, we're going to, or this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the Schizoid Man, a uh, episode of uh, The Next Generation. Yeah, kind of an early episode of uh, Next Generation. I think that this is kind of the first inklings of um, how good it would get in the future. Um, the first season of Next Generation we talked last week, it wasn't the greatest. And the second season, um, you know, it starts to kind of pick up, but it kind of isn't really known for being super, super good until like season three, season four. Um, but this yeah. is definitely a good one uh, in the season two realm. Now, um, it's kind of interesting. We're just going to talk a little bit about what you said about it last week. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, in a way, talk about what, how the show is probably going to go. I feel like this is an episode where as soon as you flipped it on, you must've went, Oh man, it's this one. Yeah. When I saw the title, I was just, I sort of groaned in my head because I was like, Oh, I feel like I know what this episode is, but I, I couldn't really remember. And as if any of you've been tuned into the last one, I really struggled and then it turns out I didn't do so well. Uh, why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on uh, my, my half right, half wrong recall. Um, so for this one, I think this might come up more frequently than we think just because um, it is really hard and it's hard on the spot as well. I mean, if you pull Absolutely. some, if you pull a classic, it's one thing, but to pull just kind of a random episode out of um, season two, it is tough to do. Now, um, the schizoid man, I think that you had a little bit about, you know, just using the roots, using like a little bit of, uh, you know, schizoid, schizophrenia. You did talk about, um, I think you thought it was like Deanna Troy or something had some sort of premonitions or had something you alluded to. So you had an idea of it. I didn't really help you out at all, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be a Riker episode when he barely shows up in it. Um, so yeah, that's the, true. There was not much Riker. Not Riker at all, really. No, I don't no. know why I thought that he was in it. For some reason, I think it might... I think I maybe was thinking the one where he is stuck in, like, that nightmare. He's, like, in the Romulan prison, and he keeps having the nightmares about it. For some reason, I thought that was what it was going to be about. Um, but anyway, I'm going to give you one out of five. Not the best start. Um, I'm probably going to do as bad or uh, worse when I finally pull the first one. Although, who knows, maybe I'll pull... Uh, Festival of Worlds or something, and then I'll smoke show it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you one out of five, um, and a, a good first effort. I think that the best is still yet to come for us in the Random Trek Review, and also for those of you that are listening at home, um, I recommend you try it yourself. So yeah. when we get to the recall, we pull the episode, pause it, maybe write down a piece of paper what you think it's gonna be about, who you think is gonna be 
uh, main players, quotes, all the rest of it, and see how you do at home because it might be one of those things where arm armchair quarterbacking, it might seem easier than it is. And no Google if you're going to do it at home. No cheating. Because we don't get to cheat either. That is very true. Yeah. All right, so um, let's get a little bit of uh, some of the technical information here. So this is uh, the season, second season of uh, The Next Generation. It's episode number six. It was uh, written by Richard Manning and Hans Beimer. It was directed by Les Landau, and it guest stars W. Morgan Shepard as Dr. Ira Graves, Susie Plaxton as Dr. Salar, Barbara Allen Woods as Kareen Briannon, and Diana Maldor as Dr. Pulowski. And a quick synopsis, uh, the Enterprise responds to a distress call from reclusive scientist Dr. Ira Graves. Upon arrival at Graves' world, the Enterprise must immediately leave to assist a Federation colony ship that is also in trouble, leaving Data, Worf, Troy, and Dr. Salar to tend to Dr. Graves. Graves is none too happy to see any of them, except for Data, whom he becomes immediately fascinated with. Just before the Enterprise returns to check up on the away team, Data announces that Graves has died. Data seems very nonchalant about Dr. Graves' death and begins demonstrating some strange behavior. He gives a stirring speech at Dr. Graves' funeral and hums a tune that we heard earlier from Dr. Graves. Later, he accuses Captain Picard of being interested in Kareen, Dr. Graves' assistant. After Troy informs Picard that she's sensing emotions from Data, Picard orders him to engineering to be examined. Jordy can find nothing wrong, but Troy administers a psych test and determines that Data is in possession of two personalities. Data approaches Kareen in 10 forward and tells her that he is really Dr. Graves and transferred his consciousness to Data while on the planet, and promises to build her an android body of her own. Kareen refuses, telling Graves that she would rather live out her own life. Graves gets angry and, not realizing the extent of his new android strength, knocks out several crew members before finally realizing that he is robbing Data of his own life. He decides to return Data's body to him, the episode ending with Data waking up in his quarters with no memory of Graves taking over his consciousness. All right, well read, Matt. And uh, so I guess once you, uh, you know, finally did see the episode, how much of it did come back? Do you kind of remember seeing this one as a kid or re-watching this one when you were in college or anything like that? Did any of it come back or did this completely fresh? Um, I don't really, as far as, like, the first time I saw it, I don't really have any distinct memories of it. It would have just been some night when it was uh, being rerun on on TV, who knows how long ago. Um, I think you'll probably remember that as soon as we finished recording last week's episode, I, like, immediately went on the computer to be like, okay, what, what really happened in this? And as soon as I saw the picture of Dr. Graves, I was like, oh, that's it. It's, yeah. it's that one with that guy. And yeah. I, I did remember most of it right, right away as soon as I saw his, uh, his, his picture. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think one of the first pictures that comes up is the like space coffin or the torpedo. And I don't, they never really didn't use that as much actually as like in next generation. I think only, they only used maybe once or twice or something like that. So um, it's a pretty big thing, and I, when I saw that, I kind of went, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember this. And, I mean, there's some other things that we'll talk about as it comes through, comes through but, um, yeah, there are definitely some memorable things in this episode that we will uh, we'll get to with the, with the discussion. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, so, Andrew, why don't you uh, just give us a quick, uh, quick impression of uh, what you thought of the episode? 
Well, I liked it. I mean, I'm not going to give away my star rating quite yet, but I think it's a pretty good episode. There's definitely some things in it that are, are memorable, like I said. Um, it's definitely watchable, relatable. I think that um, it's kind of interesting that uh, they've not you know, maybe done this type of thing already, right? Like putting the consciousness into the computer. Like if that's something that um, you have the potential to do, it's interesting that they haven't like started doing that with all people and things like that. Um, or maybe the morality of that would be something that would be, um, you know, kind of interesting. Um, I also like the way that it ends is probably its weakest part of it. We'll, we'll get to it eventually. But um, overall, I think that it's a pretty solid episode. And if I was kind of doing a top, you know, top 10, top 20 episodes of season one, two, I mean, it would probably be there. It's a solid one, for sure. Yep. Uh, how about you? Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. Like, as far, I mean, you mentioned right off the top that as far as, like, early Next Generation was, like, first two seasons, it's actually probably one of the better episodes. It's, it is watchable. It's not super cheesy there's not like really outlandish aliens or or and yeah it's a solid premise um you know sort of especially and, and i mean data works perfectly with it you know Definitely. it's uh it, it's a good cool interesting uh sort of early data episode and and yeah i i i think generally it's uh it's it's pretty decent especially for uh, the second season which was generally not very good yeah, definitely. Now, originally, I guess this was kind of like two ideas that they merged together, or that's what I read about anyway. Um, yeah. So it was kind of uh, Richard Manning and Hans Boomerwaz um, had this episode that they'd been kicking down the road for a while called Core Dump, where they were going to have the same guy, so this Ira Graves guy, transmitting his mind into data, but that was going to be kind of known by everybody like in the episode they actually kind of play it where he's acting strangely and we know that it's graves but all the cat you know the captain and everybody are just kind of like you know bewildered by the fact that he's like so bizarre um but originally it was going to be like a procedure that they were all going to be aware of um and the other one was um somebody named tracy tomawas who had this idea for an episode where um, remember how they found data on that like uh, that like dead colony? Yeah. So apparently he was going to have some memories from people that had died in that colony, and that was going to be what the episode was about. So they kind of took pieces from one piece of the other, merged them together, and this is kind of what they came up with. Um, I mean, the first one is not really. That's basically ended up what happened. They just changed the kind of a bit of the context. What do you think of that idea of the dead colonists having their memories stored in data? Do you like that idea? Do you think that would have been a good episode or not? I think there could have been an interesting episode. I mean, I guess it depends what they sort of did with it. Because, I mean, they kind of did that. Didn't Lore have all the memories stored in his... Like, I think maybe yeah. they sort of came back to that later on. I guess yeah. it depends on what they would have done with it. That's true. And, I mean, this is something that if you read any of the behind-the-scenes encyclopedia stuff, they get these ideas for stories. And, like, there, I remember reading, like, there are episodes of Next Generation that never got made. And then... They did them in Deep Space Nine or like something they had an idea for and it just never seemed to come to fruition. And then one, they finally like figure out one little piece that they needed to work on and then it works and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably not easy to write these shows. Um, and I, I think that in the next generation, for me personally, I think they did probably enough data episodes. Like there was a lot of them when you That's kind of true, through yeah. it. Um, and so, yeah, you're probably right. That is maybe one of the reasons why... Um, they end up put doing it with lore. They basically same idea, but just a slightly different take on it. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Anyways, that's not really 
I feel like is that in, is that in the one? Is it like Descent, the one where he's got all the Borgs? Maybe. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I don't know. I don't think we really need to go into that right now. So I found some uh, some other interesting background information. So um, the they had originally cast uh, a different uh, actor to be to play Doctor Ira Graves, and that actor I, I didn't I forgot the name, but I don't think it really matters. The but that uh, that actor was the star of a show called The Prisoner, which I believe aired in like the sixties or the seventies, and there was an episode of that series that was called the schizoid man and i think it was kind of a similar plot idea except there were no androids involved because it wasn't really a sci-fi show so that's sort of that's where the title came from i thought that was was kind of cool yeah were you a big fan of the prisoner have you ever seen it never never even heard of it until until... i've seen like the dvd cases the prisoner like when you go into like a record store dvd store i've seen i think it's kind of like um it's kind of like a MI6, MI5, like a James Bond spy thing, like after, uh, you know, Bond was so big in the 60s, so then right. they started making TV shows. I think that's kind of what it's like, but it also had kind of a, like, there was a little bit of sci-fi, like, more fantasy than, like, the early James Bond movies, so, um, yeah, I think that's what it was, but I've never actually seen it, but that's an interesting take. It's, it's actually interesting, like, I, that would never happen nowadays. Like, just steal an episode name from another <laughs> show. Like, that is totally off uh, bounds nowadays. But Not, it is interesting that they just took it. It wouldn't happen without any uh, legal uh, oh, yeah. shenanigans. You would definitely need the permissions uh, nowadays. Absolutely. All right, so why don't we uh, just go right into the plot and uh, talk about what happens in this episode. So um, the, the teaser part has uh, got a very interesting uh, scene in it that uh, I, as soon as there was like the lead up to it, I knew what was it was coming. I didn't real, realize it was in this episode right off the bat, but I knew it was coming. And of course, this is when uh, LaForge and Troy are both summoned uh, to Mr. Data's quarters. And when they walk in, they discover that he has grown a beard. Yeah. Now, uh, just going back a little bit, did you think that uh, Deanna Troy was like a little bit, like a little bit too on the nose in that conversation? She's like, "But why would a android do that? Androids don't have emotions." Did you pick up on that, or did you not notice it? Uh, I, I no, I guess I didn't really notice it that much. No. Yeah, I just after she said that the whole time she was kind of going through this scene, I couldn't help but kind of notice it. But yeah, they walk in. You know, and they, the way that they dark. frame it, like, I mean, we've been foreshadowing it enough as it is, but the way that it is, is kind of done where you just kind of see his back and stuff like that, it is just, that, and I, I said it, it's, that has to be probably the most memorable thing in the episode almost, right? In a way, <laughs> that has to be one of the most memorable scenes, I would think. Okay, here's a question. Do you think that was a real beard or was it just like painted on or glued on? I was trying to look and I think that it looked like it was false. Yeah, yeah I, tend to... I, I think that, like, yeah, you could kind of just tell it was, like, a little bit too full or something, and it just kind of looked like... It looked too much like Brian Wilson, remember, the, the closer for yeah. the Giants who had the, like, big, like, yeah. really fake-looking beard? Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. And I, I think that it was... I mean, who knows, right? Maybe this was right after, like, a long time period off or something like that, but or it was, like, the first one they did after the summer, but uh, I... Yeah, I don't think so. I think that it was a phony. Pony baloney. It looked too. It looked too clean. And, too and then, you know, I think that that kind of made sense too, because it's like an android growing a beard, and it's like 
alluded to in other episodes, like he can control, right? Like, can he not control like how long his hair grows and if he grows a beard? Yeah, I believe, I don't think it ever actually happened, but I do believe it was mentioned at least once or twice throughout the course of the series that, yeah, David is able to, if he wanted to grow hair, he like was able, yeah, he, he was able, or a mullet. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he could grow it every, like, that would have been a good, uh, that would have been a good thing. Actually, and it would have been fitting because it was the 80s. That, yeah, true enough. <laughs> um, now, you know, I'll give you the honor. I know this is like one of your favorite, uh, one of your favorite scenes, one of your favorite quotes. I'm going to let you do it. Um, so, so give course. me the line. <laughs> You want the line? Okay, so the line is, so Data stands there and he's looking at himself in the mirror and he says, when I stroke the beard thusly, do I not appear more intellectual? And it's just, it's, just, it's so, like he just went through every like beard stereotype in like 30 seconds, 30 seconds in that yeah. scene. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. Uh, now, it's a funny scene. Do you actually think that it would be, uh, you know, like if you had a friend and he never had any facial hair, and then he invited you over to his place, and he was, like, looking in a mirror, and he slowly turned around, and he had a big beard. Do you think he would laugh? Like, I, I mean, it's funny because he's an android, but, like... I would hope not. But, yeah. like, Troy was, like, like she had to, like, leave the room. She just, yeah, she just bails, right? <laughs> She's got to go do something else. Oh, my. It was yeah, a great it's a, little, a little insensitive, but I guess that's kind of what the fun of it is, right? Like, there yeah. is some, definitely something. Uh, strange that he just, bit, he just got rid of it, right? Like... Next scene. I guess he didn't like it. After the credits, doesn't like it. He's out. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad they never did it again. Something else, That's right? That's true. Yeah. I think that it's like uh, it, w- it could have been uh, not a recurring thing. Maybe that'd be a bit much, but it would have been interesting to see. Um, see who knows, right? Yeah. Pointy sideburns or something. <laughs> Original series style. <laughs> so uh, okay, so after that. Um, the Enterprise receives a distress call from another ship, the Constantinople. Constantinople. I love yes. ship names when it comes to Star Trek. That's kind of one of the fun things that uh, I feel like we can kind of track as we go along. Is that a weird name for a ship? I don't think it's that weird because it is a pretty significant historical place. reference. Yeah, place. So I don't think it was that weird. No, I thought yeah. it was kind of... They, do, they don't really use like modern city names all that much, but... That one isn't really, it's sort of like more of a, in the past, historical right. kind of name. Like that, I mean, it's Istanbul, right? That's the old yeah. name for Istanbul, which... I mean, everybody knows it from the song, right? Istanbul, Constantinople. That's how I know it. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, I thought it was, it's a cool name. It definitely sounded cool. Yeah. Um, and it definitely perked my ear up when, uh, when I heard it. Um, yep. This is also, I, I, Dr. Pulaski was in the, in the teaser um but i mean when they finally hail the ship this is kind of where she springs to action because of medical emergency and stuff like that yeah. um we didn't talk about dr Pulaski. um what are your thoughts i mean she's obviously no crusher um but what are your feelings like she's around for all of season two um she only has really a couple of all, her own episodes but are you a Pulaski fan or are you mm-hmm. kind of eh? she's okay i guess <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what, eh, mm-hmm. eh. It, I wish that they had maybe, like, brought her back later. Like, maybe they could have went to, like, a star base and she was, like, working as, like, a doctor there or something. But it's just, it's such a, it's a footnote at this point, right? Like, yeah. she's yeah. just kind of like, eh, she's okay. And then she's gone. Yeah. So then after, uh, so so basically they decide, well, we, we can't, like, hang around Graves' planet while, well, we need to go help this ship in distress. So they do a near-warp transport. Yes. The one, is, is this the, I didn't look it up. Is this the only time they ever do this? The, as far as I know, yeah. 
is this the like um starship equivalent of like you know, you're you're in such a rush when you're dropping your friend off, you don't actually stop. You just kind of slow down <laughs> and they barrel roll at the side. Like, Pretty is much. that what it is? Pretty much, yeah. Because, I mean, this is a bit of a sticky question, but um, you can't transport at warp, right? You can, but it's not it's, recommended. Right, it's not safe. Yes. So in this situation, they okay. slow to impulse. They punch in the coordinates. They hit the button while you're a particle. They can't wait. They can't, they wait. can't wait the 20 seconds. The Constantinople is, like, in peril. They can't wait. They have to, like, as soon as as soon as your particles are starting to, like, head down the planet, they floor it. That's like right. Warp 9. That's basically it, yeah. And of course, and, of, and uh, yeah, it seemed it seemed a little bit over dramatic and not really now, necessary. That be, now that being said, it does lead to a great line. It's true. Yeah. Should we? Do you want to be Deanna Troy or do you want to be Worf? Oh, I want to be Worf. Okay, I'll be Deanna. For a second there, it felt like I was in the wall. For a second, you were. <laughs> Just so so like non reassuring. See, to me, that feels like if it's so dangerous to uh, to warp somebody at, sorry, to, um, to, to transport somebody at warp, this seems dangerous, too. I guess they do mention that it is dangerous. Like, if you know what? If this happens to me, I want Chief O'Brien to do it. Yeah, yeah. Where's Chief O'Brien? Yeah, Chief O'Brien should be the, <laughs> I want him the one to do the near warp, uh, the, the near warp uh, transport. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they get down to the, to the, um, to his house. This is a great his, set. His planet. He has a whole planet. Right. Because he is that. He's a recluse, right? That's right, yeah. Um, did you uh, Did you like the set? Did you like the, the way that the planet looked? I thought it looked great. Uh, I thought it was uh, good. I didn't really notice. I, I, I didn't look at it and sort of... It didn't really wow me. But I, uh -huh. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was good. So two things. Um, when Pulaski goes up the... Uh, turbo lift i think it's either in the teaser or right at the very beginning of the episode there's a scene where the doors open and you can see the bridge and picard and Riker. and i was like that's like a that's a really cool scene i don't really remember them ever doing that very frequently um no and it, it just looked kind of like unique you know like it was an interesting way to film it um and then when they went down to the sets and they kind of like it was kind of red outside and like yep. um it looked like very like Mars or something like that. I was yep. like, they really put a lot of effort into this episode to make sure that like it looked really good. Yeah, there was some definitely some creative uh use of blue screen in the episode. Right, maybe it had just yeah. come into to popular popular use or what have you. But yeah, I thought that they did a really good job with it. And like even in the guy's house, if you look in the backgrounds and things like that, you can see like really cheap robots like He's a yeah. cybernetics person, so you know he's got all these robots lying around. So it's like, like little touches. It's like a robot museum in his house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so they meet Doctor Graves, and uh, he's this like old, old, obnoxious uh, old guy who just doesn't care. Well, he, he, he in fairness, he, he's got what a week to live or something. Yeah, but I don't know if he realized that though. Well, I guess he did because they were sending out the distress call. So yeah, right. he knew he was dying, and he. So there's some pretty good lines that he uh, drops uh, as he's sort of uh, uh, like cross-examining the members of the away team that he he was none none too thrilled to see. You know, you get the sense that he just doesn't like people in general, and when he 
you know, people beam down. From yeah, directly room. into your house. Into your house, yeah. He was just like, oh, what are you guys doing here? I don't know. Get out of here. Just like a, just like an angry old man. Yeah, and a little bit of a chauvinist. A little bit. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Do you want? I'll, you know, I'll give you his line, and I will. Um, I'll take the Antoy's line for the next one that I like. So you, you can, you give me his big line here. Uh, which one? Uh, the one about women. He's a chauvinist. <laughs> women aren't people. They're women. Yeah, that's a little, uh, a little risque for Star Trek, I suppose. Right. Um. It is a little bit a product of the time, but yeah, that's pretty... And I guess, like, he's a re- recluse. He's only really seeing this young girl who's, like, basically dying after him, right? So yeah, I guess yeah. maybe it makes sense. Um, there's also a great line by Deanna Troy that I liked a lot, which was, I thought, I thought most doctors are people. You know, just kind of a little cute line that I liked. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I think that the actor that played this guy um, did a really good job. Like, and especially since... Um, all of the tells in this house scene have to come back later. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, because Data's going to end up being this guy. He has to really make sure that it's, like, clear. You know, he's doing these little little touches so that later on, when Data starts doing them, you start to pick up on it. Yeah, there's no subtlety because you have to be able to get it later on. Yeah. All right, now, Matt, I have a super secretive... um, Trek question for you. I know that you're going to at least get a bunch of them. Um, right. But it, it turns out that, um, you know, Dr. Ira Graves actually was, you know, he either trained or he mentored Moody and Sue. That's right. Created yeah. Data. So um, it turns out that it's kind of like he's Data's grandfather, which we'll talk about in a second. But yep. um, I, had, I had forgotten about this completely. I'm not going to lie. I, I was like, Oh, right. Um, Data's grandfather. I forgot about that. Um, can you name the other members of Data's family? All right. So there's his brother, Lore. There's Ding. his father, Noonien Soon. Ding. His grandpa, Ira Graves. Ding. And there was the woman who claimed to be his mother, but actually turned out to be another android. Uh, whose name I cannot start with a J. J. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want to hum and haul this okay. too much. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna give you half marks for that. Juliana. Oh yes, that was his That's mother. Right. Okay, Juliana. I have three more. Really? Yeah. Three more. Uh, oh, what was uh, Eric soon from Enterprise? Oh, well it's like a, one of his like great 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 grandparents well done there are two more that i have and in fairness one is from the movies one oh before 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 yes from nemesis that not very good movie (laughs) and one more there is one more it's a whole episode based on this his daughter lol well done yes well done near perfect score all right excellent work uh now what do you think uh Data's grandfather. I think if you go into it, this is kind of the first one where they, you know, bring up an extended member of the family. Is this going a little far? Uh, it was, but hearing Data call him grandpa was pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't object. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I didn't remember kind of says that maybe it was like a little bit, um, like a little bit too much. And my other question that I was going to kind of bring up is like, did they go to this well too often? Right, the grandfather. I mean, the father makes sense. The mother, 
and then they do the daughter, and he ends up with all these brothers and things like that. Do they, do they do this too much, or you don't mind it? It's like anytime they do the cybernetics thing, it just makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say it was overdone, but some. Uh, I don't know. It's kind. Of, I I would say no, but I mean they they certainly do explore his relatives quite a bit, a lot more than a lot of the other members of the crew. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, yeah. and he's supposed to be very unique, right? Like he's supposed to be a one-off, right? Right. All right. So, uh, so Doctor Salar tells Graves that he has a terminal disease and it's in the final stage. And then, uh, and what, the name of that disease was Darnay's disease. Darnay's disease, yeah. And I did a little bit of digging. I, I think this is just a, this is a Star Trek thing. It's not actually based off of anything real. I think they just say that it's a neurological disease. And if you get it, you, you know, yeah. you've only got a certain amount of time to live. It's terminal. Um, yeah. But I do kind of, I, I, like I mentioned, I like the ships. I like the diseases and stuff like that, too, because sometimes, you know, it has, like, neat little tie-ins. I tried to find if this had anything to do with, like, a... You know, writer's name or something like that. I couldn't really find anything. I think they just thought it sounded cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, so the Enterprise comes back to Gray's world, and and um, eventually, um, Graves uh, succumbs to his disease. And uh, as he does, the Data sort of Data and him had spent a whole bunch of time, like just sort of off on their own, you know, hanging out and talking about cybernetics and uh data just sort of like walks into the main room where everyone else is and there's like weird darkness over him and mm-hmm. he's like um oh, and he sort of announces that graves has has uh passed on and and that's sort of like the end of act two and it just sort of fades out from there and so uh and data seems like kind of nonchalant about it and then uh we get to um we get to his uh his his funeral and and he's packed up in that torpedo and did you notice that he was wearing that like really goofy looking outfit that sort of like like yeah. covered his the top part of his head and like basically you could just see his face just the face yeah and the torpedo had like a little viewing window <laughs> as well um it was open casket open open oh. torpedo funeral <laughs> yeah um for some reason that really sticks with me though like i said when i saw that i, re- I remembered it like whatever that you know, death dressing that they put onto him is very recognizable. It's definitely easy to remember, which um, I think if this, if the beard thing was the most, the first most memorable scene, this has got to be number two, don't you think? Uh, that was, yeah, that definitely stuck out. And I, the one thing that also kind of hit me was when they like beamed it into space and it sort of like slowly like passed in front of the camera yeah, and you could see like right into his face. And I thought it was kind yeah, of cool. Yeah, that was a great scene. Now, cool. I mean, is this... If this was a possibility, is this like something you would want to be torpedoed into space? <laughs> be, to be fired off into space? Uh, I'm I'm not sure I would want that. No. What if they like fired you like into like a Genesis planet and then like somehow you could come back? <laughs> <laughs> I might go for that. Yeah, I mean that's the only way. Be reborn on the Genesis planet. I mean, I, I guess it's like it's a naval thing, right? Like uh, in the navy, yeah. you get buried at sea. So in space, you get buried in space. They shoot you into a planet. Um, now this whole idea of, uh, uh, you know what? I mean, I can't believe we just missed it. Um, give me the line, the famous eulogy line. I mean, I kind of burned it in the beginning, but here, I want to hear you say it. See if you can do better than me. I can safely say that to know him was to love him and to love him was to know one. Those who knew him loved him while those who did not know him loved him from afar. (laughs) 
And that, of course, was part of Data's uh, stirring and very uncharacteristic eulogy that he gave. Uh, yeah, I love, funeral. I love this. Like, the, just it the conceited, great. you know, and, I mean, we're going to get to talk about Brent Spiner and how good he is in this episode, but just milking every second of it, and they keep panning to Picard, they keep going back to the other people, and they're just completely, you know, they have no idea what to say. And even, like, Picard tries to stop them, and he does. It's just, it's so good. So good. Oh, yeah, the part when Picard, like, cuts him off, and he's like, I'm not finished, sir. And he's like, you're finished. <laughs> it was so great. That was great. Yeah. One other thing that I noticed in that scene, um, when, 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 just before they beamed him to, into space, did you notice that, like, LaForge was, like, standing there, and they're, like, just, like, and Picard has to, like, sort of, like, nudge him, and he's just like, oh, oh, oh. And then <laughs> yeah. he quickly, like, like, he's, like, completely, un- like, wouldn't he be, like, ready for that, that he was, like, a bit... Well, that's not the kind of thing you want to do too early, either. Yes, that's true. Right? The guy's not done the speech, and you, you find a, a, a Fair enough. power away. I think this is kind of the first point where um, the crew members are like, something's not right, right? So, I mean... That was the first very obvious the very song. Right. There were some little things you mentioned that he was kind of humming along the same song, and there was a couple of, like, you know, some a couple of looks. There's, like, I think yeah. uh, Data smiles at one point, which he typically doesn't do. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the first time that they realize, like, something is amiss, right? Um, yeah. And actually, it's interesting because there was an episode of, like, Friends where uh, Ross talks about how, like, in the future, like, nobody will die. Like, you'll just take your brains and transfer them into a computer. You'll live yeah. on forever in a computer, right? Um, and that's kind of this, right? So this guy has Here taken his yep. information, he's put it into Data, which makes sense. And now Data's walking around, but it's really him. Yeah. And now he's acting weird. Um, talk about the... Um, Talking about the scene on the bridge when he's uh, talking with Wesley and Picard comes in. I think that's a good, another good one. Yeah, he like he he basically talks to Wesley, like he really talks down to him, like more than usual, because mm-hmm. you know Wesley's like basically a child at this point, and he's just like you know talking to him like he's a little kid, and it was I thought that was a kind of a an interesting uh, scene. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to take this last quote because I just love it so much, is when uh, Picard comes in and he's showing the girl, oh, this is where the seats are and this is where the computer stations are. And uh, Data, I guess Graves, as Data, I'm aware of your interest in her, like that. And he's just yeah, so... It just causes that huge scene. So vicious and so... Yeah. And then he gets dragged into the ready room. I was actually kind of expecting Picard to be a little bit more mad here. I was kind of expecting a big Picard speech in the ready room. Yeah, this is early, early TNG, and so you know Captain Picard is still—he hasn't really developed his like soft touch yet. He's still very sort of rigid and strict. So right. yeah, I thought maybe yeah, I think you're right. I thought, I think maybe you were expecting a little bit more of a severe reaction. Well, I'm just thinking like of some of the other episodes, like when Wesley and Riker and Warp and stuff get out of line, like he rips into them, right? Like those yeah. are some of the best scenes later on. He doesn't really do that with Data, and actually, it's interesting because he just flat out says like, "I don't know what to do." Like, I can't send you to sickbay. You're not, uh, you know, biological. I guess I could send you to engineering, but he does his own checkups, right? And he even does, like, that suit and closes his eyes. I'll just do my own diagnostic. <laughs> Looks like it's good, you know, like that, that kind of thing. Um, but they eventually settle on, he's going to go down to uh, engineering and the big ring. Wah, 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 The really wah. bad special effects. <laughs> yeah. Is this the only time they ever use it? I believe so. Well... Th- Yes, I think that's the only one time that particular one was used. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like it's kind of an important thing. I think later on, Data just plugs in. But yeah. this is kind of one of the uh, one of the times that they use that, like, I don't even know what it is. 
yeah. tester. Yeah, so basically, like, the, the engineering tests all check out, but then Troy gives him, like, this psych test, and they actually are able to determine that he's possessing two personalities. Right, and I think this is a great use of Troy, like, having the counselor on the ship. Um, I think a lot of times they get a lot of flack, you know, from, you know, I sent something malice or whatever, right? But this is actually one of the times where, like, it really comes in handy. I actually thought that was a really good use of her uh, unique skills. Yeah. Yeah, so then um, they basically are able to figure out that, you know, Graves somehow transfers consciousness into Data and... Data and Graves slash Data tries to convince uh, Kareen to, you know, transfer her consciousness into her, into her own android body and they can live together forever and, and live happily ever after. And she doesn't really seem too interested. And Graves just goes completely berserk. He, he ends up in engineering somehow and knocks a bunch of people out. Yeah, that was weird. He was just hanging out there. It's almost like they were like, oh, we haven't used the engineering set in a while. Like, better have him go there. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get too much dust on that engineering set. So we'll just, we'll just have him go there and beat a bunch of people up. <laughs> yeah. And <there's laughs> In a fit like, of rage. Right. And there's like a really bad, like, is that a Pratt fall? And then he like knocks out uh, Jean-Luc. Oh my god, it was like slow motion. Yeah. He like he like hit the wall and then he sort of like sort of grabbed it a little bit so he wouldn't fall so hard <laughs> yeah. and then he like sort of slowly rolled on the yeah. It was it was like you could they, they definitely did not Take be a stunt man for that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, they maybe should have because that was like a little bit on the little bit on the lane yeah. side. But oh well, I mean this is that's kind of what comes around, right? We've been saying how good all the sets and everything were the whole time, but um yeah, that was a little bit uh a little bit weak. Um, do you think the ending is weak overall? Yeah, so the, I mean, basically the ending, you know, Graves sort of comes to his senses and decides, you know what, might as well, I'm not, I can't rob Data of his life, and, and so he ends up, um, he ends up just, leave, you know, leaving, willingly leaving Data's body, and he's sort of, Data's just, like, left with no memory of the whole thing. Right. Uh, you know what, I, I find that, I, I think it is kind of weak, but I think it's also kind of a product of the fact that it was a very episodic mm-hmm. show and so you, you, you know you, you kind of have to hit the reset button at the end of every episode just so it's 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 you can follow episode to episode and right so i mean yeah i think it is kind of weak because i mean data is just Graves just sort of vanishes into thin air his consciousness just is now gone and data's left like what 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 happened? I don't remember any of this. Right, and they even they do that scene where they go, "Oh, look, that he's put his information into like the ship's computer." And that's never mentioned again. Like it never comes yeah. back. Like uh, I get, maybe you could look at it somewhat like. Uh, do you remember that episode, uh, "Ship in a Bottle," Moriarty, yep. and yep. he ends up like basically being living in the holodeck. I mean, they could have maybe done something else like that, but at this point in the game, it's just kind of like it's not the right thing to do, right? Yeah, uh, you know. Data's a living thing. I can't take it away from him, so I'm just going to give it up, right? I just don't know if that fits with that character. The way that they set it up, it doesn't seem like he would just randomly do that, right? Like, it seems like he has a change of heart that's maybe not super believable. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're trying to tell a, teach a lesson or something, I don't know, something. Right, yeah. But There's supposed to be kind of a moral there, but I just think that it's a little... Yeah, it's a little thin, but you know what? Overall, I think that uh, the episode as a whole holds up, but yeah, I think the ending, they could have maybe come up a little bit better. Yeah, I, I, I tell you. All 
All right, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the guest uh, stars in this uh, episode. Why don't we start with uh, uh, the actor who played uh, Dr. Ira Graves, uh, W. Morgan Shepard. Um, how did you think uh, he was as the obnoxious old man? So he's actually not really in it that long, right? If you think about it, they go down, they beam down to the house and he's really just in that section. And, and like I said, I think the thing that he did so well was he set up all the, the tells for later. That's right? right, yeah. And, I mean, for the job that they gave him, um, I think he did a great job. He kind of has, like, that one, like, kind of almost like a wonky eye, like a lazy eye kind of makes him seem, like, a little bit older than probably the actor actually was. And, um, yeah, I think all of his line readings were really good, and he he was a perfect kind of fit for um, for this character. Like, and you mentioned that they had had an idea for, like, another person, the guy from... The prisoner, but yeah. I don't think it's needed. I think this guy did such a great job. I don't really know him for much. Like, I, he's not somebody that I think see all that often or really knew anything about. Um, but I think he's kind of like a character actor, right? Like he just kind of shows up here and there at different things. Yeah, I thought I I thought he was a pretty good choice for the obnoxious old man. I thought he pulled it off pretty well. It was pretty natural for him. Um, now he actually has three other Star Trek appearances. Oh. So, okay. okay, so, and I didn't actually know right off the top. I had to look it up, but I was like, I know this guy was in something else. Like, some, like, a, like the voice and the way he, sort of the way he, his inflection as he talked, I, I was like, was, I was... Sorry, was he a Klingon at some point? He was a Klingon once, yep. Was it, like, in one of the movies? That's oh, right. What yep. movie, what movies had Klingons? Whoa. Um, all of them. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> well, not all of them. Almost. Um, Many of them. I feel like it was one that was I, I to be honest with you the original series movies some of them I've seen a lot other ones I have not is it Undiscovered Country? It is Undiscovered oh, Country. Nice. Yep. Okay. Remember, we... remember. Uh, so when they get sent to Verapente, remember there was that like bald prison yes. guard with the one eye. With the that, one eye. Yeah. yeah that's what's the tip off. Right? That was him. Yep. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. So uh, he was in one episode uh, of Voyager. No idea. There was um, there was an episode where they. They encountered this like creature that can like that ate starships. Okay. And the the crew the crew was like put all to sleep because of some because they were they were all put in stasis because this creature was able to like alter their mind. Okay. And so it like convinced them that if they go like they it convinced them that. that it was actually a wormhole, but in order to go through the wormhole, they had to be in stasis because it was like some weird radiation. Okay. And there was this alien that had been like trying to kill this thing, and he was that alien. Oh, he was that guy. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember that episode, but it sounds yeah. like a cool one. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was a one, it was a seven of nine episode. Okay. Um, and then the other movie he was in, you're not gonna like this because I don't like it, but it was one of those J.J. Abrams um, monstrosities. Yeah. Yeah. Pass on that. Yes. So uh, let's uh, move on to Doctor Salar, who yeah. So Doctor Salar, um, she's referred to in at least half a dozen other episodes. Mm -hmm. This is the only time we actually see Doctor Salar. Yeah, this is like the Bob Sacamano of uh, (laughs) (laughs) of Star Trek. Uh, Although we actually see, we actually see her. So almost, yeah, almost Bob Sacamano of Star Trek. Uh, I like this. I like the idea that. one doctor on the Enterprise is not enough. 
right? Like oh, it makes the chief sense. medical officer is obviously the most important doctor, but you have to have dentists and you know pediatricians and other doctors of there course. as well. Yeah. And I like the idea that she's a doctor. Um, it's kind of weird how they bounce between doctor and lieutenant. Um, but yeah, I thought she was a cool character. Is this the only one, the only episode she's ever in? Uh, no, uh, so the actor Susie Plaxton is actually, she actually has one sort of significant uh, recurring role. Uh, Worf's uh, love interest, Kalar. Oh, right. That's not... Isn't Kalar, like, really tall? Yes. Is this girl really tall? She is. Is the actress really tall? Or is she is, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah. So she's very tall, yes. Oh, I would I would have lost money on that bet. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. So Excellent. She, so she was also um, the female Q in one of Voyager episode. Okay. And then she was also, I forget the name of the Andorian lieutenant that she plays in Enterprise. I think she was in, I want to say she was in two episodes in that role, but I may have only been one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So it's so yeah, a, so a, a Star Trek veteran. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's three different series. The Chief yeah, Pyramid. That's pretty good. Too. Pretty good. Why don't we uh, talk a little bit about Brent Spiner, who uh, I thought really shined in this episode. Um, showed, you know, he showed some versatility and some some acting skill. So uh, what did you think of, of how he did in this episode? Cause... Yeah, I feel like we're going to probably talk about this a lot because part of the reason why they go to the Data storylines so often, uh, I mean, Data's a really interesting character and there's lots to do with him. Uh, but also, I think that a lot of times it's like, oh, Brent Spiner is so good, right? Yeah. And uh, this is, I mean, the first time we're seeing it, and then people who are watching TNG, you see it a lot, right? Um, yeah. He just does such a good job here. And like I said, all the little bits and pieces, the getting mad scene, you know, um, when he has to get physical, it looks good, right? Like, um, I think that um, he's just an amazing actor. Like, it's hard to think of other, anyone else playing this character but him like he is so good at it um and it's weird because when you play a character that has no emotions right when you step out of the box and you kind of just give that little bits and pieces it's very subtle but it's really well done yeah i mean it must be challenging or must have been challenging for him to play this character who's like this you know boring sort of stolid android all the time and then you know in an episode like this and there are some other ones over the course of the series where he sort of gets to have some fun um it, it he doesn't like go over the top with it you know it's not like fake or 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 totally out there you know like it's, it's not nemesis level <laughs> no it's not nemesis or uh, sorry not, ne not nemesis generations is even worse when it gets the memory chip yeah but i think i think that was sort of the idea yeah i think so too but it was maybe a, it was a bit much um mm -hmm. i think that this is this is where i like him the best I like just that little bit of subtlety on top mm -hmm. of like a really solid like this is how I'm playing the character. Yeah, no, it's very good, very good. All right, why don't we um, move on? I mean, we've talked a lot about the quotes in this episode, and there are quite a few good ones. Uh, do you think you could pick one favorite? I can. I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I like it so much because maybe it. it I hope it doesn't like uh, you know look poorly on me, but that line, uh, you know, women aren't people; they're 
they're women. I, I don't know why, but that just resonated. Um, I mean, the beard line, I know that you're probably going to want. So I also just didn't take it on purpose. But um, yeah, it, it just, I think maybe because I was just sitting down for an episode of Star Trek, I wasn't really expecting it. And it just kind of caught me and made me laugh. So I took that one so that you can have, of course. So, yeah, I, I got to go with the beard, the beard uh, stroking line. That's just, it's just so stereotypical, but it's also so data you know yeah. like if if like that's if he's gonna try and do something different i feel like that's the, sort of the approach he would take is he would want him to like just use every you know like he's gonna use the stereotypes because he doesn't know any better yeah you know what i gotta take the beard too <laughs> i take i'm changing my you're, answer you're, you're, it's you're changing your answer oh so good especially like the a fine, full, dignified beard. Like, it's just oh, yeah. so yeah. good. That whole bit is just uh, so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got to take it as well. All right. All right, why don't we uh, just sort of throw a few little trivia points out there. Um, you, there's one that you uh, sort of dug up about the uh, waiting. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, it's really just like a factoid, and it's kind of crazy this is the only time. This is actually the only episode of Next Generation where a multi-person away team does not include at least one human. Pure human. Full human. Yeah. Right. So you've got Commander Data. He's an android. Commander Troy. Betazoid. Half Betazoid. Uh, Solaris of Vulcan and Worf's a Klingon. It's amazing that that has never happened again that is very that is kind of an interesting little piece of trivia yes i'll have to file that one away for uh, when i want to really impress someone with some obscure trivia Mm -hmm. yeah so uh during the, the the psych test they sort of flashed a bunch of sort of random video clips and there were some some interesting uh uh clips that showed up uh there was I, there was the Genesis Project. That was the one that really jumped out at me just because I've seen Wrath of Khan so many times. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, look, the Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was also uh, Tasha Yar was in there. And there was also one of um, of Dexter Remick from that uh, famous scene where they, they like, blow his head up with a phaser. That really yeah. sort of gruesome Yeah, he was, like, scene. the the undercover admiral or whatever, right? Yeah, he was sort of, like, the the... the leader of these weird alien creatures that were taking over Starfleet Command. Right, yeah. yeah. No, I thought that's it was kinda cool. It was it was kinda nice to see Tasha. I hope that Denise Crosby got like a royalty on that one. Uh when they put when they put that picture up, but probably not. They probably own it. So Yeah, it was the first reference to uh, Tasha VR since uh Skin of Evil when she met yeah. her untimely demise. Yeah, unfortunately and she'll be back yeah. again and I think actually this is the only episode or the first episode where they did the funeral uh torpedo as well. So there you That's go, right. little bits of trivia pieces uh, for your listening pleasure. Yeah, there's there's not really a whole lot of trivia in this episode, but there there's a couple that you can use to impress your friends. Uh, so why don't you just uh, give us a final uh, your final comments and a rating out of five funeral torpedoes. Um, so, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I like this one. Um, it's not the best one. Um, I think for me anyway... I'm going to kind of leave five stars for like all-time classics, fours for really good, threes for goods, um, kind of, and so far. And for me, this is three funeral torpedoes out of five. I think that if the ending had been better, the start was great, the middle was great, the ending I just didn't love, and I didn't want to give out half points, so I knocked it from a four down to a three. Um, 
but yeah, really solid episode. Definitely worth a view if you haven't seen it in a while, or if you've never seen it, it's definitely worth a view. How about you? I I did like it. It was a very good early next generation episode. It had some good some laughs. It had some some good uh, some a lot of good things in it. Brent Spiner was great in it. Uh, I thought Ira Graves was a was was good for the brief time that he was in the episode. And I think I'm going to also give it three torpedoes out of five. Wonderful. All right, so now, so we're at the, uh, near the end of the podcast, and this is the point where we will uh, draw an episode from the giant sombrero full of uh, every episode of, uh, the name of every Star Trek episode. And then Andrew's going to have one minute to tell us as much as he can. So let's reach into the giant sombrero. And see what we get. Oh, I got two of them sort of stuck together here. Okay, let's see. All right, Andrew. The episode that you get is from the original series. Okay. I have admit, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I, uh, I want to do well my first time through I here. I think you may do all right with this. So it's the third season, episode nine. The title is The Tholian Web. The Tholian Yes. Now, if you're going to play along at home, I suggest I would suggest that you pause the podcast and write down what you think you can remember from uh, the Tholian web. All right. So now, Andrew, you're going to have one minute to tell me everything that you can about the Tholian web. Are you ready? I am as ready as a Regalian ox. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, your time begins now. All right, the Tholian web, I feel like it is important. I know that I have seen it. It's been a long while. Um, I believe this is the one with the other Constitution class. Um, it's the one with the Defiant, and it gets drawn into um, some sort of uh, subspace type thing. Um, I think that it's kind of one of those episodes that was a little bit, um, you know, it wasn't overly super um, important at the time, but then they brought it back in later ones. Um, most recently, they even brought it up in Discovery. They actually mentioned that it, the Defiant is in the Mirror Universe at the time. Um, and it was also in Enterprise, I believe. Um, as for the actual episode, I don't remember that much. I remember that um, it's either like a ship goes missing and the episode is based around uh, the Enterprise crew finding it. Um, or they are just kind of on a random search mission. That's what I'm going to say that it's about. All right, and your time is up. Uh, that's, I'm not totally sure what actually happens in this episode either, but I do know that um, the Enterprise gets like trapped in this like weird web that's created by these Tholian ships. Oh, the Tholian ships. Yeah. That's, is this the one with the Defiant though? It, there, I believe it does involve another ship, yes. I'm not 100% sure it's the Defiant, but okay. uh, I guess we'll just have to watch and find out. I guess we're going to have to watch and find out. I, I hope that I did okay. Um, yeah, Whew. It, you know, it's tough. One minute. It goes by quickly. I should not have looked down. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you're in height, at heights. You're not supposed to look down. You shouldn't look at the timer because that's what I did, and I kind of got a bit panicky. Um, all right, well, you know what? I guess we better, uh, we better call it a day and go off and uh, watch the Tholian web. Um, yeah, if you're playing at home, uh, watch the Tholian web, and uh, we'll see how Andrew did next week. 
Uh, that's it. We're, we're done for this podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on Random Truck Review, and we hope you'll join us next time on RTR as we take a look at the Tholian Web. Bye, everybody.